Welcome to the Turning Points Podcast with Dr. Samuel Jones. This podcast was created and designed to highlight tools and strategies to help you succeed in work and life by creating turning points to enhance your aim. On the Turning Points Podcast, we go deep to heighten your awareness, awareness. enhance your imagination, imagination, and develop strategies to attack your mission. mission. And now, here's your host, Dr. Samuel Jones. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. Today, I'm so excited to have someone on this show that is definitely going to help us uh, learn some information about turning points. Um, her name is Diana Cockrell. She is the section manager for children, youth, and family behavior services and adult substance use disorder with the Washington State Healthcare Authority. Um, her section covers all areas of substance use disorder and child, youth, and family behavior health services. Her section staffs the, uh, the Children's Mental Health Work Group and the Trauma-Informed Approach Initiative. Diana has nearly 20 years of experience in different layers of the behavior health system, including clinical, development, integration, and policy work. Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, we met each other about uh, two or three years ago at a conference that I was speaking at. Uh, can you remember exactly when and where that was? I believe it was in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, at the um, Chemical Dependency School, or the um, I'm not sure what they yes. substance abuse school. Yes. That's exactly yeah. what it was, because I was thinking about that, and I said, you and I, we have been, we have stayed connected uh, on LinkedIn, and, um, and you know, when I first started the podcast, I started thinking about in my network, who can I bring on the show that can share some information to help people out there that may be facing challenges and adversities um, to, to be able to create turning points in their life, and actually, I thought about you. Oh, that's awesome. I, I remember being so inspired by your um by your presentation and the way you delivered it, that uh, I'm I'm honored that you thought of me. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's go ahead and, and and dig into the information that we wanted to discuss today. But first, before we get to all of that, tell the audience a little bit about yourself in terms of you know your family, um, how you were raised, and where you were raised, and how you ended up into this industry that you're in now. Sure. I'm. Uh, thank you for that. Ability because uh, I think having context for those pieces will um, help the rest of my story make a lot more sense or what sure. I have to share. Sure. Um, I so I'm I'm a farm girl from Southern Idaho, and um, I have a beautiful family that's still together and intact and um, a very loving um, faith-based family <clears throat> that I come from. And I, um, my, I like to tell people that I grew up on a block that was a mile by a mile with one or two <laughs> other houses on my block and my horse. That was <laughs> kind of my, um, and I got to do, I, I've had a, a really great opportunity to do all kinds of different things um, throughout my life. But um, there were pieces or things that happened. We lost some really uh, important people in our family when I was younger and um, and then some other experiences of loss along the way <clears throat> that um, that I, at that age, you know, kind of young, didn't know um, how to handle or what to right. do with. And uh, I remember deciding at some point that um, anger worked really well to keep people <laughs> away and right, made right. them stop asking me about um, 
what was wrong or how they could help because I couldn't even put words on how on the storm that was happening inside, much less um, connect with people in a way that it was just a real challenging time for me. So I did all kinds of things to avoid feelings, you know, all of the typical adolescents and young adults self-destructive things and um, I was in the hotel uh, hospitality industry and waited tables and restaurants and I was going to be a chef actually Really? and the chef I was training yeah I love food (laughs) (laughs) I do too (laughs) (laughs) the chef I was training under said remember if you if you decide you want to do this career you're going to work everyone else's holidays and I thought that sounded terrible so um we visited my husband's family here in Western Washington. Um, um, well, I mean, so in that time, I found a little more peace and um, and um, got married um, to a, a beautiful man who's actually from Birmingham, Alabama. So uh, he's from the I south. There, southern, yeah. Know, some southern connections there. Um, and visited his sister who lived here in Western Washington on a beautiful summer day. And, you know, it rains here a lot, but the days we were here, it wasn't raining and it was green and beautiful. And so um, I somewhat drug him (laughs) to Washington. (laughs) (laughs) And at the time he was um, doing uh, really well and making a lot of money, so I didn't have to work. And so it was a a spot in my life where I was just going to go shuck oysters at the oyster house so that I could you know, be doing something. And, and he really encouraged me to wait and to um, wait for a job that was a job I wanted to do. And so uh, a couple months of not, not landing anything, uh, I got a one-time only four-hour temporary shift at a um, substance use disorder agency, a treatment agency. Mm-hmm. And that was my first exposure to anything behavioral health. And um, they liked me for that one four-hour temp shift, and I became the temp, and then they hired me into that position. So I like to say I came into this field completely by accident, although I know that there was a definitely a greater design. Right, <laughs> I just right. wasn't aware of it. Right. <laughs> so I went from that to um, working with, um, you know, over time, going to school, um, and working with adolescents and their families in a, a bunch of different areas. I worked in um, outpatient, covered some residential treatment service pieces, did outreach with the homeless youth, did work at schools, um, got to be part of building our uh, local juvenile drug court, um, the therapeutic side of that over about a 12-year span where I ended up towards the end of that being the clinical supervisor for adolescent services. Um, and, and that is really where the ability and the turning points knowledge, I mean, that was, uh, amazing work in learning how this gift that I had that I didn't know I had around connecting with people and helping them find a next step forward right. really became, I became aware of, of it. And in that experience realized the system was built in a way that for youth, who had externalized behaviors, who coped with anger, um, the system really didn't serve them as well as it could. Um, And then seemed to them when the system didn't work. Uh, And so I decided I was going to just keep saying yes to any opportunity that came to have some kind of influence in shifting the system to make it work for people who actually might want help if it looked like the kind of help they wanted, right? Right. 
that led to a couple years working for the county as we moved into full integration. Um, so I ran the chemical dependency program for the county um, for um, uh, with a team for a, a couple of years and and then started at the um, what was the Division of Social Health and Services at the time, which is now Healthcare Authority, we've moved uh, into, uh, well, the Division of Behavioral Health and Recovery moved from DSHS into the Healthcare Authority where we are now. But that first job I had there was as the Adolescent Substance Use Disorder Co-Occurring Lead, and that's where I met you. And then a couple jobs since then to where I am now, which is leading the team that I first joined along with another team for the division. Wow, that's excellent. That's, that's excellent, Diana. So, so Diana, let, let me let me pull out a couple of things that that you uh, that you shared, and I kind of want us to kind of jump in on that. So, you talked about when you were younger, and um, you know some of the things that you were dealing with and trying to understand. Adults were asking you, you know, what's wrong? Why are you doing this? So, etc. Can you touch a little bit on on um, helping us adults work with children and youth in terms of trying to understand the frustration that that they have in terms of trying to put their thoughts into their words. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. I'm happy to. Um, I think think both from the receiving end and then later learning how to do it um, a little differently. Um, and And I'm guessing this relates to anyone listening as well. When we think about those people who actually connected with us, um, who were the difference makers for us, there was a relationship. Right. And I like to think of it like we have two eyes, two ears, and one mouth, <laughs> and <laughs> using them in a <laughs> is, is really a key, right, to right, right. what means. So it's, it's listening to the words and the tone and cadence, but it's also watching for the facial expressions, the body posture, the pieces that um, – can indicate if somebody's comfortable or not, and recognizing that um, giving space and time to build that relationship and not, uh, you know, as adults, we like to go into um, fix-it mode right away. (laughs) Right, Um, right. Based on our experience and our knowledge, and but we're not listening for the context in which the person we're talking to is coming from. And when we miss that, we miss Mm. the where we can create relationship and right. space for seeing them as they are and from the context they come from. And I, I think that's a really big piece. The other piece I think that sometimes as adults we miss is that when somebody's deciding if they can trust us or not, and we've created that space with, you know, two eyes, two ears, one mouth, instead of three mouths and, <laughs> you know, we get it right. And there's a safety space for safety that's set there. And when I say safety, I'm thinking psychological and, and, and mental as well as physical and emotional. Um, they have to test that at least once because when you think about a real relationship, it's not real until it's gone through some fire, right? Right, right. So when that happens, sometimes as adults, we think, oh, there's the attitude or, or put up some kind of defense or reaction instead of a response that understands what this is. It's testing this relationship. Can I, te- can I trust you beyond your comfort zone? What mm. happens with us when you're outside of your comfort zone? 
because they're not, I mean, in any relationship where somebody's looking for a place to really be authentic and work through their the inside stuff on the outside with another person, right. they need to know that that, that person isn't going to go away once they open up. And for a lot of our youth, that's been the experience over and over and over. I'll help you until it's inconvenient for me. And then I don't know what to do. So, right. Um, right, right, right. I, I tell you what, I, that, that is, you're hitting the, hitting the nail on the head. And, um, you know, even, even with my personal experience, uh, you know, growing up without my biological father and trying to wrap my mind around that and trying to, trying to discover who I can become, right. I was actually looking for the kind of adults that, that you just described, right? Those kind of yeah. adults that, that did not judge me, that wanted to allow me to be myself. And, 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 and at, at some point, I can understand how to even express myself, right? Right. Yes. So that, 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 is, that, that is really important. And, and the other piece I heard you talk about is I think you said it in a very nice way of that, that adults need to get rid of our assumptions about our young people and our children, you know, when they, when they're going through challenging times is rather than, you know, we tried to put our assumptions on them, at least just try to listen and understand what they're saying, or maybe not even saying with their words. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then, and then follow that with the recognizing the test of the relationship, right? The test of the relationship. That is powerful. <laughs> that is, that is really powerful. And it's a sign that there's a desire for a real relationship with us. That's the truth behind that behavior. And right. we miss it. We don't understand it. And, and, and cut a piece of that trust that had been building. Excellent. Excellent. So listen, what, what other, what other strategies out there that adults may need to uh, be exposed to even, even not even just, we're talking children, but even with just other adults, I know the principles of that probably doesn't change, but are there some other things in terms of adults working with other adults that maybe uh, can be heightened and, and highlighted to help us be more aware so that we can create those turning points? Yeah, I think um, one of the, well, a couple of the, I have this formula that continues to work, so I'll just share it because um, I'm interested in, in what people think and I'm interested in your thoughts. Um, <laughs> okay. Once, <laughs> as that relationship is getting built, um, because that can take a lot of time, right? Um, right, right. But, but the thing that I've found that over and over um, is a connector to help people center into, I think of it, um, I think of it like people trying to figure out where their feet belong. Like uh, my philosophy is there is one of each of us in the entire planet who's ever been here and whoever will be here. And that is not an accident and it is on purpose. And there's something that each of us need to do in this universe that nobody else can do. And so that's, the intro to any kind of interaction for me with another person is here's what I believe. I would love to walk alongside with you as you figure out who that is, you know, who, who, what is it that you're here to do that nobody else can do and um, find your feet. And that's what that piece to me is. And then figure out how to stay there when all of the things that come with life come, because there's some serious uppercuts life de de delivers along the way and learning how to come back to our feet 
faster, recognize when we're drifting off of our feet, like our purpose, our intention, the thing we're here to do um, is what grounds the whole experience. And and that's pretty, um, people resonate with that. They understand that in a way that, um, that, that helps start the conversation. And then we start talking about values, like really what's important, what, what, what really matters to you, and then looking at actions, and do they match or not? So is it really important, or is the action out of line? And it's just asking the questions along the path for people to be able to identify what's really important so they can figure out who they are. And then once that kind of set in there, um, and they're thinking in that lane, then it comes around to what kind of um, strategies or skills or resources or, you know, what's the thing that's going to help you stay on your feet and looking at, um, I mean, there's a million tools you can use from there, depending on how people are struggling with staying on their feet or figuring out um, if they are willing to be brave enough to truly be who they actually are and what that feels like and that vulnerability of being authentic and, all of those conversations follow. Right, right. So, that, so, so you know me. I'm going to be a little bit of a devil's devil's advocate here. So, so, yeah. I, and I and I tried to capture what you said. You said find your feet, uh, and once you find your feet, stay there. And once you're there, you're going to eventually uh, get some alignment with your values and your actions, and then that's going to be supported by strategy, skills, and resources. Is that is that correct? Beautiful capture. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So I want to go back to the piece of finding your feet. So, so, so mm-hmm. many, uh, so many of the, of the students and even adults that I work with, you know, you try to center them and, and try to be present in exactly where they are, but some of them get so stuck in their story, right? Their beliefs of the yep. past. And, and so can you talk a little bit about how, how we can help them uh, imagine a brand new story or, or, or challenge those beliefs that they have? Sure. Um, you know, I think of, I'll try to think of some examples okay. along the way, because maybe that's an easier way, because it's so individualized. I think right. that's where it's hard to say, here's the blanket um, way to help people um, uncover what might be under um, stories or ways of dealing with the world that they um have that have worked in old contexts that may not work in new contexts, right? Right, um, right. Um, so, so part of it, I think, is just having that conversation. There, okay. We as humans do uh, amazing things to get through situations that we're in, and and that's the skill set we tell ourselves is our skill set. And then we look at a different way of being or a different environment we want to connect with, or Um, you know, move schools or move families or whatever that looks like. And old, old ways of surviving may not match what the current reality is, what Mm. the current situation actually is. And asking the question, could that be true? And, and, and just continue asking those questions, right? Right. Um, To see, to see where there might be, um, a, a link or a recognition that, I mean, for me, um, thinking back, um, I remember, um, 
um, deciding to be a fight or fight person, no flight. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And it worked really well in, in that time and space because I, I was not ready or willing to go inside. And I, I, uh, from my perception at that time, didn't feel like there was anybody who could handle the rage that was inside of me um, without blowing them away. And I would test and I would try and I would see people, you know, that quick glance of fear across their eyes. And I would be like, nope, not you. (laughs) Maybe I'm hopeless, right? That was the message that I told myself. But then when I realized I was hurting people I cared about, that wasn't okay with me. And so I had this inside, have you ever tuned to the, tuned a guitar or tuned an instrument? No, I'm uh, not musically inclined. I am, I am not. Okay. <laughs> so when tuning an instrument, when they're out of tune, you can hear the wave, uh, the sound wave. Uh-huh. And as it comes into tune, that sound wave shrinks until there's no, until it's a flat line. It all matches. Uh-huh. That's how I think about people inside when they're, when they recognize um, that how they're, that their behavior isn't matching who they really are. There's that dissonance, I guess is the word. Right. That, right. Uh, the, uh, I'll, I'll go with that. I'll stop trying to explain. It, <laughs> it works. It works. It works. When so listen, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was going to say, I, I think, I think you had just, uh, you had just scammed now the perfect answer for that because and, and that's really what I was hoping that you would do is because, like you said, everybody's experience is going to be slightly different. So the approach is going to be a little bit different. But I think the underlying principle is, is what you just said. And, and you said old ways does not equal a new reality. And, and yes. you recognize that. And so what I what I just captured is the revelations of how our behavior affects other people normally wakes us up to that revelation that is not working. I think that's what I heard yes. you say. Yes. Much more eloquently put. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I, I am learning to ask better questions and not only ask better questions, but to make sure I listen uh, so much better to, 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 to sift out the, uh, the knowledge that, that can be, you know, broken down into principles, because I think that is a great one right there. That is a great one. So anyone out there who is, who is struggling, finding their feet, just recognize that your old ways will not create a brand new reality for you. And then just get some revelations of how your behavior is affecting other people around you. I think that's important. Yes. Yes. So listen, uh, you also talked about values and actions being aligned. Can you kind of uh, um, go a little bit further on that? Uh, sure. Sure. So um, values and actions being aligned. I think that is also around that dissonance. Okay. I think as people, as we as humans start to sync up with who we really are, the things that we're doing that don't match who we really are start to poke us in mm. different ways. Right. They're not as comfortable um, and they stick out. They just create a different feeling than they used to. Maybe it used to create safety and an armor and then all of a sudden it's creating discomfort or a, a recognition that... Um, that it's not in line with who we're really, who we really think we are. Um, I think it's helpful to let people know in these processes or when thinking about turning points is that it's not comfortable, right? right? Like heads right. up, 
this is going to be always fun or feel good, but when you stick with it and pay attention to that poke or that different um, discomfort that comes up, um, because sometimes we choose to cover that up with another coping to get it ah, down. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of go from bad to worse, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Right, just continually trying to fix that feeling instead of like pulling the feeling up and looking at it. Like, what is causing this? What is the root underneath it? Um, Because people don't know, like if you haven't gone through that and looked at a feeling at the root of what's causing it and and figured out a different way to think about whatever the situation is so that the feeling feels different or change the behavior if that's what needs to happen, you don't know that that's even a pathway. So part of helping people create turning points or think about turning points is being real real upfront about this isn't going to feel good and you'll have a couple options when you don't feel good. You can continue the same behavior, find different behavior that may or may not match where you want to land or where your true self is. Um, or here's a way that you could try that maybe you don't know about that won't feel, it won't satisfy or fix the feeling right away, but you'll get through the feeling and then you will own it and it won't be running you. Right. That's right. When, when you own it, it won't own you. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you, as you, as you kind of uh, shared that, it kind of made me think about the work of Brene Brown. Um, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, so you're familiar with her, the, uh, the work on vulnerability. Yeah. And, and she said, I heard on her Netflix uh, series, uh, not series, but her talk, she said that um, I think one of the strategies that, that she is using now is she's asking herself a question or making a statement saying, um, so the story I tell myself is, and I think uh, that that's, that's the, that's the line that she's using now to kind of think through, um, what kind of story is she telling herself? Because sometimes we can be lying to ourselves, right? And um, yeah. ha- highlighting everything that we think is that that's true, um, or, or better yet, confirmation bias, right? We we see what the end result is, and every question that we ask, we're trying to get to that to that result that we think it already is, and so we're framing everything that we're thinking and asking to this result, so we can feel satisfied that we've asked the question and we found the answer, so it must be that, <laughs> right? validating ourselves out of our own stinking thinking right that's right that's right that's right well listen talk more about uh any strategy skills or possibly resources that uh that maybe your organization have out there that that people can connect with and uh and to get them uh in line with you know really dealing with some of those issues that they may be faced with sure um in washington we have uh, a the washington recovery helpline uh-huh. which is a 24-7 um, phone line for, you know, if people are struggling with these things, um, whether it's um, just the inner turmoil or there's mental health or substance use disorder, um, that phone number is 866-789-1511. There's also the National Crisis Text Line, which I don't have in front of me. Okay. Well, that's okay. But I can follow up. Okay. Send that yeah. in. That's a, that's a phenomenal resource, and it's a text resource. And wherever you are in the country, um, they will they will connect you with um, someone, or just be there to 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 talk via text and um, support offer support. I think if people are thinking about things 
like there's I have three favorite books that um, I'll share. Okay. Um, if that's how you can just delete it out if it doesn't matter. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, please, please share it. <laughs> hey, hey, look, this this is an avenue for sharing resources. And I tell you what, anything that you share, I'm going to follow up with myself because, hey, I'm still learning and growing and, and dealing with things from my past as well. And I think as we continue to to keep growing, we can uh, we can own those things rather than those things owning us, you know. So, hey, anything yes. that you share, well, I'm yes. open to. Okay. Um, one of my favorite books that really fundamentally grounded my, um, it, it helped me put context around what I knew in my instinct when I was working with kids in a system that didn't work for them and was starting to think about how do I shift the system. It's called The Resilience Revolution okay. by Larry Brenstro and Scott Larson. Um, phenomenal book. It's a faith-based book. So if um, folks aren't interested in faith-based, there's still a lot of really great ways to think about things in there, but um, context for it. And then uh, Cultures of Change. So this is a book by Janice Gabe, and it's specifically for recovery and relapse prevention for duly diagnosed uh, adolescents, so substance use and mental health. But it has some really great um, context and ways to think about how to support youth who are struggling with behavioral health challenges. Okay. And then I am a huge fan of Dr. Daniel Amen's work around um, brains. So his book, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, is one of my favorites. You know, um, I, I, I ha I've heard of that one, and I have not had an opportunity to read it yet. So I am going to put this on my list. It's a really cool book. Um, I'm actually working towards um, getting certified as a... Um, uh, brain coach through there, uh, through through Dr. Amon's, uh, through the Amon Clinic. Has really? So I tell you what, when, when you when when you are certified, we're going to get you back on for part two. Okay. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds great. It'll uh, incentivize my getting it done thank you that's, that, that's right incentivize it so listen um and i i didn't have this on my on my on my list to even possibly bring up to discuss but since you brought it up um i think this is important for us to maybe kind of touch on a little bit so when you mentioned faith-based and i know how sometimes yeah. faith-based um initiatives or anything connected to faith-based can somewhat turn people off um mm -hmm. can can you can you elaborate on on that just that piece right there, because I think there's so many different um, perceptions or, and perspectives about when, when faith-based is even connected to anything, uh, people tend to, to turn it off or shun it or, and say, you know, I don't want to be a part of that. Can you touch on a little bit where you think that comes from? Uh, I'm, I'm happy to. I, um, I'll give you a context for how I think about it and okay. then where I think the reaction comes <clears throat> from. Um, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Native American Human Growth Medicine Wheel. Yes, yes. It, okay, so the spiritual component of that medicine wheel um, is where I think of, um, for me, when I say faith-based, there's a lot of faith. There's a lot of what I think of as man's boxes around something much bigger than we can understand to try to um, put context that we can control in some way. 
and in my mind that's like religions the different religions that are out there right when i think of the spiritual piece on the human growth medicine wheel i think of the things that bring hope um the things that bring joy so um you know it's different things for each person and when I've worked with folks, I love the medicine wheel because it talks about the uh, mental, emotional component, the physical component, the social and cultural component, but also that spiritual piece. Um, and I and I encourage people to challenge every everything they believe around faith, like right. question it, go right. into it, dive into it, because there is you will know for you what that is and. I know what it is for me, and um, I know I know that that is the one link that I had from being a youth until through it'll be throughout my life, where uh, that is the link that was uh, the string I was hanging by at many times. Right, um, right. And uh, and I and I so I always introduce it and bring it. Um, my my instinct is that people's reaction to it that just want to push it all away is around the um, sometimes I, uh, the rigidity that man tries to put around something that is much bigger and much greater than we can. Understand <laughs> yes. To try yes. To get yes. And act like control it. Yes. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. and yes, 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 yes. Listen, so I'm glad I'm glad that you shared that because, uh, and I don't know if 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 you knew this when I when I met you several years ago that um, I am a minister and um, mm-hmm. a Baptist minister, and and when I say that, uh, most people's mindset probably goes from what they understand and know from a Baptist minister's perspective, right? Um, but yeah. and when people hear me speak and giving my talks and my training, and they come up to me and it's like. Um, you were a minister, but you don't seem like and talk like the ministers that I know. And I said, that's the whole point, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's all about, it's about, you said it, it's about challenging what you already believe and questioning your faith, uh, because that's really when you can get a deeper and better understanding versus taking what someone else is giving you and taking it for that. And then when life and everything else tends to happen to you and then whatever somebody else gave you doesn't work, right? It's like, it's, it's gets shown. So that's, that's kind of what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things that really drew me in uh, uh, or connected me with you in, in a, in a way that I wanted to continue the relationship and stay connected was um, I, I feel like, we're very similar in that, in that realm. I would totally agree. Threatened by other people, you know, like by the boxes or by questions or challenging because it, each person has to find their own connection. It isn't something to your point and what you were saying. Um, Someone else can't give it to you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. So listen, Diana, so look, you have done a, a fantastic job of, of sharing some some great information uh, with the audience out there. And I, and I truly believe that if, if they take everything that you've shared and apply it to their life, they're definitely going to have some turning points. So listen, before I get let you get off the hook here, um, you, mm-hmm. know, I, you know, I have some questions for you that I want to kind of bring some lighter side to, uh, to, to our conversation and, and hopefully uh, 
um, show some superpowers that that you have on the outside of the work that you do. So uh, so I have five questions for you, and um, you okay. can, you can answer them as however you want to. Okay. 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 First one, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Mm. <laughs> just one? Just one. <laughs> just one. Just one. I think it would be um, the ability to, um, uh, like, zap the world with empathy. True empathy. Ah. Everyone understood it, had it, and could connect there. That is definitely a superpower. Okay, great. So question number two, if you had a billboard, if you had a billboard and you could put anything on it, what would it say and why? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, a billboard. I'm going to think of 25,000 different answers as soon as we hang up. (laughs) (laughs) Anything I wanted it to say. I think I would, I think it would say you matter. And the why, Uh mm -hmm, the why would be, um, I, I think that we, um, are, are, challenged with seeing the strength and the value in every person around us and there's a lot of creation of other so that uh, people feel less than and um, maybe it would for folks who may be feeling that way on one day spark something that uh, gave them hope for another day I love it I love it and that sounds like that's the work that you're doing you know that right (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So, yes, yes. So question number three, what movie mm-hmm. could you watch over and over again and why? <laughs> uh, Rocky series. <laughs> Rocky, Rocky. We're <laughs> Cinderella, man. Any comeback movie, Se- Seabiscuit. <laughs> Any comeback I movie, love I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Question number four. So what song do you play on repeat over and over whenever you're driving? Oh, my goodness. That's so mood dependent. <laughs> this is gonna... I have a. OK, so I'm going to be vulnerable here. I okay. have a, a song that uh, that when you hear it probably won't match what I've said. But here's why. It's my theme song for work. It's uh, it's. Five Finger Death Punches, um, um, uh, I've Got Your Six, and I I play it on the way into work so that I uh, remember who I'm working for, which is all those kids <laughs> who, haven't, uh, who haven't been served well by the system, because this work isn't very, uh, the work I do now is very administrative, and it's not, mm. uh, it's not what I would ever pick, but I have opportunity here to do the thing I decided all those years ago I wanted to do. So, wow. <laughs> so five finger death punch. I've got your six. <laughs> well, well, listen, that's 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 not on my playlist, but I'm going to find it because I want to listen to it. Okay. <laughs> I apologize in advance. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It's all good. And as a matter of fact, I'm gonna play it. And um, and whenever I find it, I'm gonna think about you, okay? And I'm gonna think about the kids that, 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 and the families that that you're working with. All right, last last question, last question. I'm gonna let you get out of here. Um, All right. 
and you may you may have already answered this, but um, um, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be fairly easy for you. So, what makes you feel inspired? Oh man, a million different things. Creation, <laughs> like nature, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then comeback kids, like, um, and the resilience that lives in people that is so profound. Um, those things inspire me. Wow. And there's, you know, I could go on for 12 years, but I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I find well, listen, it everywhere. <laughs> well, listen you, you keep going on for 12 years because we need people like you in this industry doing this kind of work, because that I can honestly tell you that um, it's been an honor to, to just speak with you today and learn more about you and the work that you're doing. But more importantly, I know that you truly care about what you're doing. And uh, that within itself is already creating turning points for people out there. And I think you've already done it for me as well. So listen, thank you. Thank you for, 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 for just sharing yourself and, and your resources and your information and your inspiration with us today. You are so welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you very much. Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, Diana, we will see you soon. And um, I will be sure that we get this information to you so you can share it with your network. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. You are very, very welcome. And um, you make sure you keep me posted whenever you get that certification on that brain thing, because I want you to, I want you to come back on and help us learn more about our brain. Okay. I look forward to it. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. We'll talk to you later then. Take care. Thank you All very right. much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, everyone, as you can see, uh, this has been Dr. Jones talking with Diana Cockrell. Uh, she works with the, uh, the Washington State Healthcare Authority. I had an opportunity to meet her several years ago, and uh, we have stayed connected. And it's been an honor for me to do that with her because, as you can see, that we have a lot of things in common. We're both out here trying to serve people and, and help people's lives be better. So um, I hope that you have heard some information on this podcast to help you and yourself, your family or maybe just anyone that you know that may be challenging and struggle, I would encourage you to, to encourage them to listen to this podcast. So listen, it's been an honor and we hope you join us for the next show. You've been listening to the Turning Points Podcast with your host, Dr. Samuel Jones. If you'd like to hear more podcast episodes, please subscribe, like, comment, and tell a friend. Please leave us a review if you like the show. And if you'd like Dr. Jones to speak at your next event, please contact him at info at drsamueljones.com. Thank you.